season of Fox in the City. I'm your host, Reagan Fox. One of the things that I want to do for this season of Fox in the City is rather than my usual theme song, which I've been doing since 2005, is I'm going to start every episode with a theme song from a television show, which I queer, which I explore the queer potential of. And I was watching Who's the Boss last night on IMDb TV. Does everything need a streaming service? I watch IMDb TV through Amazon Prime, and so I get to watch Who's the Boss and Dynasty, but I have to still watch commercials for it. Like, everything is a streaming service. HIV, now streaming on HIV. I don't want to get HIV. I don't want that streaming service, okay? But it's the only way that I can watch Halloween Kills without going into a movie theater and contracting COVID, so I guess I'll get the HIV streaming service. Streaming this year on Type 4 Cancer, or Phase 4 Cancer, the Phase 4 Cancer Network. Sign up. There's a free trial for one week. It's just $15.99 a month, and you still have to watch ads. And we all, we all start at the same place when we see it. We go, I, I'm not going to pay for another streaming service, but I really want to watch old episodes of the original Melrose Place. And the only way that I can watch it is if I sign up for Phase 4 Cancer. It's only streaming on Phase 4, phase four Cancer. So I guess I'm going to get it. I guess I'm going to get, I'm going to get Phase 4 Cancer. Now streaming on Leukemia. I don't want that. I don't want that. But I really, really oddly want to watch Super Size Me right now. I haven't seen that in decades. And so I guess I'll get Leukemia. So let me tell you, I am doing another season of Fox in the City and I'm trying to go, go with what you know. I'm trying to do what feels natural. And what I've realized is I'm not good at doing a podcast and saying, okay, I'm going to do this every week for a year on Mondays. That's not me. I work in spurts. I'm like, I get, I'm like, I have something. I've got something to say. So I come back and I do roughly 10 episodes, sometimes a little bit more, and then I'm done for a few months. And and that is, uh, that's the way that I think I'm going to do this. So this is a new season. I don't know what season it is. Season 893,000. It's a very European way to do a series. I remember when AbFab first came out in the 1990s and I loved it, but I didn't quite understand. I was like, hold on. There was 32 episodes of Melrose Place this season, and Jennifer Saunders can only put out eight episodes of AbFab for a quote-unquote season. I didn't understand it, but now that we live in a streaming world, that's the way 
most things are done now. So I'm just, I'm plugged into the zeitgeist. I am very passionate about, I, I just want to circle back to that opening theme song on Who's the Boss? Uh, because I'm very passionate when it comes to poop and gay sex. And the reason why is because we have such awful sex education that in the United States, if you are gay, you will learn the intimate details of heterosexual copulation and reproduction, but you don't learn how to keep your body clean or health or safe. And then they turn things around and they're like, gay sex isn't clean or healthy or safe. It's like, yeah, because you don't teach <laughs> LGBTQ youth how to make it so. Uh, on the surface, I understand it seems as if I'm juvenile because I'm talking about poop and shitty kitty and pooping on a guy and stuff like that. But these are realities. And if if we can continue to treat them like taboo, like I, I can just tell you before I knew the, uh, the protocol, the gay sex protocol, and I would have accidents and I turned inward and I felt so bad about myself. Like, oh, I'm such a gross, dirty person. Poop came out during sex. It happened in this intimate time that is supposed to be the height of sexiness. Because growing up when I was in high school, I saw Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct and she was just so well put together and quaffed and could ride a guy and still have her hair in an updo. And I just thought that's who I want to be, right? I don't want to be the guy who poops on people. I don't want a nugget to come out. And I thought I was the only one. I really did. I thought I was, I was like, I must have some type of like poop problem, some undiagnosed poop problem where I just like, I poop on people. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Because I didn't realize that it happens to a lot of people, but because it's embarrassing, nobody wants to talk about it. When I talk about poop, it's not juvenile. It's brave. It's brave. It is. And the sad thing is, is that once you learn the ins and outs of anal, okay, once you get to that age, it takes a while. I think maybe now people are talk about, share that information more. The internet has done a lot of harm, but also a lot of good when it comes to this sort of stuff. But, uh, what was I saying? I lost track because I'm middle-aged. Middle-aged brain. Oh, yeah, about being middle-aged. Now nobody wants to top me. I, I don't have any toppers. I have, I have nobody to take me up on that option. So I know how to be clean as a whistle. That was a really bad whistle. But I know how to be super clean and just nobody's interested. It's similar to the way that we shame girls over menstruation. I'm teaching a rhetoric of horror class this semester and we just got done with this lecture on monstrous vulvas and we talked about how like in Carrie, which she gets her telekinesis powers when she's in the shower at school and she starts menstruating for the first time and all the girls are like plug it up plug it up and they throw tampons and maxi pads at her at my middle school lie by middle school there was a, a pair of red sweats that if you if you were a girl and you got your period for the first time at school and you bled through onto your denim because everybody wore denim then you'd have to go to the nurse's office and wear the red sweats and so if you were a girl in red sweats, everybody knew what that meant. Plug it up! Plug it up! Plug it up! Oh, look, it's Lady Macbeth trying to clean her bloody hands. But her blood stains won't go away. That's how filthy she is. She's a filthy little girl, aren't you, Lady Macbeth? Oh, speaking of, this is kind of funny. So I, was, my, I haven't seen my mom in two years, and she's coming for Thanksgiving. 
very excited to spend time with her. But uh, she was saying to me yesterday, she goes, you know what I love? I love period dramas. For some reason, I thought about those those things that they would show in health class about when, when a woman a woman menstruates and this is how she has to handle it. And she puts the maxi pad on the buckles and she straps it in and it's natural and one day that period is gonna mean she's gonna have a baby so every time my mom said period dramas that's all i could think about and i even told her i'm like mom this is what i'm thinking about when you say period dramas and she goes no right not that not that i was like good because if so you would be perverse who would watch that type of thing for entertainment you sicko no, mom likes period dramas. I just, I love period dramas. I was reading Yahoo News the other day. What are the top five stories that I need to know this right now? This is a freaky dicky story. From the headlines. Crazy. 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 Crazy motherfuckers. Mark Zuckerberg has announced the creation of what he's calling Meta. Meta. It's the name that he's giving to the, the, the umbrella of all of the different companies that he's bought and his monopoly. I don't really understand. It's not a, it's, there are no new features announced. It's just a name change. I'm upset at Facebook right now, I have to tell you. And I'm normally a defender of Facebook. I remember when Madge would go off on Facebook and I'm like, and try to turn Facebook stuff into a free speech issue. And I'm like, this isn't free speech. It's not like, First Amendment is if the government is trying to infringe upon your right to speak, not a private company, okay? I get where if you are harassing somebody or, like, there should be limitations for that, right? But let me tell you why I got sent to Facebook jail. Why am I in a ladies' jail? I am a man. Stop it. <laughs> My ass is hungry, baby. <laughs> okay, my friend Sarah bought a new place and she there was a huge furry spider and she took a picture of her with a shocked expression next to the spider and I commented and I said, OMG, OMG, burn the entire place down. This isn't even an original joke. It's just something that people say whenever they get really freaked out by something like, oh my gosh, the whole place is ruined now that this gross hairy spider was there. Just get rid of the entire thing. And Facebook marked that as potentially dangerous speech as if I was saying to Sarah, I'm gonna come and burn your place down. And what really gets me is not just that they're micromanaging speech, but they're they're not even doing, like, I understand curtailing speech that poses a clear and present danger to other people. That totally makes sense to me. Like, if you're spreading misinformation about vaccines or you're trying to get a Unite the Right rally going on, I understand why they would want to intervene and say, okay, this can't be done. But they're micromanaging speech to such an extreme and allowing their bots to do it, and they're not even doing it when they should be doing it. I don't understand why there's not a viable competitor to Facebook. I really do not understand it. I don't get it. Help me, help me understand. I wanna understand, help me, I'm poor. Oh, actually I do understand. It, they don't have a viable competitor because anybody who could be a viable competitor is purchased by Facebook and then becomes part of Meta. Isn't it great? Aren't we all so excited? We're calling it Meta. It's our continued cannibalization of all our competition. Yay. 
Yay! Mark Zuckerberg is like the infant, not infant, em, not embryo. What do you call it? Like a baby infestation. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but I don't know the politically correct term for it. But he's like the baby to come that absorbs its twin. But not by accident. Mark Zuckerberg knows what he's doing as a, uh, inside the womb. He's like, I'm going to absorb that and gain its energy. I'm going to fucking eat it. I'm going to eat my twin. Mark Zuckerberg is Jerry Blank. They're both just sort of amoral. But you have to hand it to Mark Zuckerberg because he could get out, he could talk his way out of purposely absorbing and eating his own twin in gestation. He'd be like, Okay. <laughs> Granted. Sometimes, <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, things can get out of hand. Out of hand. Alright? <laughs> so, uh, thank you. <laughs> and Congress would be like, you're right. You're right, Mark. I do love that Strangers with Candy clip. I can't believe that I've never used it before in the show. I'm sure I've quoted it. Look, occasionally, sometimes, things can get out of hand. But it, it really can apply to any news headline. Like here's a headline of a story, in a, a more local story to me. In the OC, a family is suing an OC hospital because their deceased loved one was found with maggots on them. A representative from the OC hospital replied, Okay. <laughs> Granted. Sometimes, occasionally, <laughs> things can get out of hand. All right? All right. So, uh, thank you. Here's another headline, this time from the Miami Herald. The state has decided to drop most felony counts against a pregnant Doral teacher accused of sex with a teen boy. Look, sometimes, occasionally, things can get out of hand. All right? Speaking of Miami, I was just at the uh, dentist today. It was my first time to go to the dentist since the COVID pandemic. I hadn't been in two years. And uh, my teeth are doing great. Thanks for asking. And my dental hygienist, who I love, Layla, she retired over the pandemic. And I had a feeling that might happen. But my new dental hygienist is she specializes in vaginal dentata, which is perfect for me. No, I'm kidding. But uh, she is a lesbian Latina, a Cuban from uh, f from Miami. And she's lived here for a couple of years. And I hit it off with her immediately. And zipped my pants for her. I dropped my panty, spread my legs. And I said, I'm ready to have my teeth cleaned. One of the stories that has surprising traction, it just won't go away, is that story about Alec Baldwin and the... He's taking a very odd defensive posture with this. So... I saw this video where it was him and his wife and reporters and paparazzi were asking questions and he was like, say her name. Like she was Sandra Bland or something. Like this was a Sandra Bland situation. Say her name. She has a name. And then the wife interjected, you don't even know her name. You don't even know her name. And Alec Baldwin is like, I've got this, honey. I've got this. Her name is Helena Hutchins. I just think it's an odd stance to take. Like, you didn't even know there was a bullet in the gun, like a live bullet, and you're going to jump down their throats because of that. Like, we're splitting hairs at that point. That's not really, like, the meat of the issue. Like, he and his wife are having this destiny's child moment. Say her name, say her name. He's in a bit of a weird position because 
he's the actor in the film who shot her and killed her. But And so normally, if he wasn't also the producer, he could say, this production team is the worst because they hired the least expensive people. But if he were to do that, he would just be pointing the finger at himself. He would be fingering himself. Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Oh baby, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And the actor and the producer fingering myself. And I'm the one who shot her. Is he criminally negligent? I don't think so. I think intent has plays a big part there. Like, if you look at what happened at Astroworld with that Travis Scott sociopath, eight people died at that concert, and he just kept going. Like, he didn't even care. And now all of these other videos have popped up where he's encouraging people to jump off balconies at his concerts and making fun of people who pass out, and he won't stop the show if people are dying, but he will stop the show if somebody touches his tennis shoe. That, to me, should be actionable. That, to me, is like negligent homicide. Is that what you would call it? I don't even know. I don't know what the proper words are. I just want Alec Baldwin because I do like Alec Baldwin. I want him to have a better self-defense than trying to point the finger back at paparazzi and saying, you don't know her name. Why can't he just, when they ask him questions, why can't he say something like, okay, <laughs> granted, sometimes, occasionally, things, things can, can get, get out, out of hand. hand. All right. All right. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> and I'm not laughing at the tragedy because it is really sad and I live in Hollywood and it makes no sense. We live in an age of CGI. There should be no, there should, there, everything should be a fake gun. And then you go back and post and you correct it to make it look like a real gun, right? So I'm not laughing at the tragedy. I'm just kind of laughing at how feckless Alec Baldwin is when it comes to mounting a defense or trying to look sympathetic after this. Maybe he just saw Candyman. Maybe he's doing the Candyman defense and he's like, you know what, you're coming after me. What you need to be doing is you need to look in the mirror, take a hard look at yourself in the mirror and say her name five times. That'll make the problem go away. Then she'll appear in the mirror with a hook and just kill you. Case closed. One of the reasons why I have taken a break from podcasting is because I've been going through this midlife crisis thing, which has been very odd. Uh, part of it is during the pandemic, when we went into lockdown, I took it very seriously. And I was like, I, hey, I was a latchkey kid. I, I know how to fend for myself at home and build forts and have fun. But it's a fine line between isolating yourself and really feeling like you're isolated. And at um, the end of the semester, of the spring semester, one of my mentors took his own life and he was also a gay studies scholar like me. And he was a few years older, he's in his early 50s. And so I think I began to project a lot of my shit onto him. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a bachelor too. What is my life coming to? What if this is it? What if this is as good as it gets? as Jack Nicholson says in the titular movie. So I went and I visited some of my friends in San Diego and I said, I don't think I'm happy in Los Angeles anymore. And part of it is, is that I'm just uh, going to bars that are really loud and you don't get to really talk to anybody and you can't hear anybody. And so everything is based on looks and that doesn't really appeal to me anymore. So I, uh, I thought, well, maybe I'm going to apply for jobs elsewhere. So I did. I applied for a couple of jobs and I didn't even get an interview to either of them. 
Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. The reason why I'm sharing all of this with you. Share, sharing. The reason why I'm sharing it all with you is because I uh, decided I needed to become more guarded with my social media presence while I was on the job market because I was afraid that maybe somebody on a search committee would hear my podcast or see tweets or something and be like, ew, gross, we don't want him. And it turns out they weren't interested in the edited version of me. And I thought they wouldn't like the rated R version of me. They don't like the PG version. I am having a very Strangers with Candy career day episode moment in life. Dreams, what are mine? I don't know, Jerry, it's your future. What do you want to do in the future? Go to my locker. <laughs> I mean, way down the line, Jerry, I want you to think far into the future. Okay, what are you going to do? Open it. <laughs> Open it. So I really got myself worked up into a lather. My titties were all soapy. And I was getting really excited about the prospect of moving to a new location in either in the Midwest or the East Coast. And I didn't get either, as I said. I just had to remind myself of that every five minutes. But it's, um, I smudged my apartment too. I smudged for the first time. That's when you burn sage and you have to get it in every little nook and cranny. Every nook and cranny. Burning that sage and you take a feather. You're just wafting it, wafting the smoke. And I, you say a little chant, and I said, I, I I want to get rid of this bad energy, and I'm making room for the good energy to get a new lease in life and start the next chapter of my life, the next professional chapter. And I didn't get either of the jobs. But I have realized that there's something happening cosmically where all of this old stuff is clearing out of the way to make room for new stuff in my life, I believe. Like, for instance, my psychiatrist, who I've been going to for such a long time, Dr. Horvath, who I adore. He's fantastic. But he moved back to Germany. That sucks. My gym, which is a haunted house. It's a house of terror. It, it, uh, they literally found a dead body in the sauna that had been there overnight because nobody had caught it the night before. People have jumped off of the top of the parking structure. It's 24-hour fitness in West Hollywood. I encourage you to go to Yelp and read the reviews and look at the pictures. Uh, I, I used to post pictures of people misusing gym equipment there all of the time. And, uh, but I just found out that they're closing. November 30th is their last day. I've been going to that gym for 16 years. Let me give you an idea. I only spend $90 annually to go to that gym because I am uh, locked into that with my contract. And now I'm going to have to spend $90 a month going to a gym. So things are just changing. I went in, you know, I was saying before that I wanted to get my teeth cleaned today. My d dental hygienist, who I love, is gone. And so now I have the Latina, the, the Cuban lesbian, which she's great too. And that's the thing. Change isn't always a bad thing. So I'm trying to embrace it. I'm trying to embrace it like that. 
aborted fetal tissue that came alive and crawled back up to me. I just want to take it in my arms and squeeze it and love it and say I'm here for you. I have even toyed around with the idea, y'all aren't going to believe me when I say this, but I'm being honest of, of having a child via surrogacy because I've saved up all of this money at, for a down payment in a home. And my friend Tabitha, who I've known for a zillion years, she's one of my oldest friends, she said, well, why don't you just have a baby? You could adopt or do it via surrogacy. And Sarah Silverman always says that people should adopt because we, you know how people look down their nose at people who buy dogs from a breeder and they're like, you didn't rescue a dog. And she's like, you have kids, you didn't rescue a human. <laughs> there are all of these kids that need to be adopted, which makes sense to me. But I am, um, I think, enough of a narcissist where I, I would really want to see myself in, I mean, you would always see yourself in a kid an adopted kid as well. It doesn't have to have your DNA. I know, but I, uh, I don't know. I have interesting DNA, let me put it that way. Maybe that's part of what it is. I don't think everybody has interesting DNA. There are plenty of people who I meet where I think, you know, it's, it's okay if your family tree stops at your limb. That's fine. It's fine. You're not a bad person, but you don't have particularly designer or interesting DNA. I do believe that I have interesting DNA. The greater takeaway of all of this is I'm at some type of midlife thing where I'm trying to figure out what is the next chapter of my life going to look like. Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Normally I would play outro music because I love playing outro music, but I got, I got flagged at one of the times I did and they were like, you don't own the rights to this, mu mu this music and so we're taking your episode down. We're taking it down. And so I had to re-edit it, and I just, I don't understand why if you watch a Facebook Live, you have all these country bumpkins who just simply type out, I do not own the rights to this music. I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, meth head. For a second, I really thought that you owned the rights to the, the catalogs of all of the music that you play. You're on here begging people to send you pennies via Facebook stars, but I thought you owned the rights to the music. Thanks for that point of clarification. But I guess I'm just not going to do outro music anymore. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the show. Please come join my uh, Facebook group on uh, on Facebook. That was redundant. Come join my Facebook group on Facebook group. What's it called? It's been a while. It's been a while since I did a podcast and had to, let's see, Fox and the City colon the Foxhole. A fan group for Reagan Fox's Fox in the City. Come join us. There's never any activity there. It's kind of like when a, a bodybuilder from Instagram is like, come join my OnlyFans. And you're like, oh, yes, I'm going to get to see your balls. That's one step closer to smelling them. I'm so excited. And you join the OnlyFans and there's like no content. There's no nudity. There's no testicular uh, shots or, or anything like that. Uh, Except in this case, you, you don't have to pay to join. Because I don't ask for money. I don't beg for money. That's all, folks.